Hello, I am Emmanuel, and this is this World Podcast coming to you from Grace House. In the last episode, we started a series on the imperativeness of godly parenting. There, we considered what is godly parenting and why is it imperative? Why is godly parenting of vital importance to God and to the society? In today's episode and in continuation of that series on the imperativeness of godly parenting, we want to consider the topic parenting from before conception. That is to say that parenting business starts before the child arrives the mother's womb. Again, we will have uh, some scriptures to uh, set the ball rolling. We consider Judges chapter 13 verses 1 to 5. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not anything unclean. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come up on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Here we have the, one of the Bible passages on parenting from before conception. As we see Mr. and Mrs. Manuel parenting Samson before he arrived the mother's womb. If we go back to that scripture again, Mrs. Manuel must have been praying and the angel of God came to him and, you know, declared his situation that must have driven him to the presence of God. He said there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of Danite whose name was Manuel and his wife was barren and bare not child. So this barrenness, this childlessness, must have driven Mrs. Manoah to God in prayer. And the Lord sent an angel to him. The Lord saw in her an instrument that he would use to bring a destiny child. That's what happens when people consult God, like we were saying in the last episode. When people ask God, when people enter into partnership with God, God will declare to them the purpose of the child is bringing their way. So parenting starts from before conception. Before we continue, can I tell you that a 21st century scientific findings also confirms this. So it was to know that the preconception message to Mrs. Manoah is consistent with 21st century scientific findings. There is scientific evidence that a child's future health is influenced by more than just their parents or the parents' genetic material and can be impacted by environmental factors. In a paper, Parenting from Before Conception for Science, scholars at the University of Adelaide's Robinson's Research Institute from their research findings added to that narrative by saying that environmental factors prior to conception have more influence on the child's future than previously thought. Their paper says that parental influences on a child begin before conception. Because 
stored environmental factors in the egg and sperm are contributing more than just genetic material to the child. They suggested that your diet and stress levels at preconception can contribute to the development of your child as it begins the vital embryonic stage of development. That's why we always encourage mothers who are trusting God, praying and asking God for the visitation of the fruit of the womb, especially when it has taken some time to calm down, you know, to be in the mood where their, the environment of their body will be the best for the child's development. In that paper, their a corresponding author, who incidentally was the director of the University's Robinson's Research Institute, Professor Sarah Robinson, has this to say. People used to think that it didn't matter because a child represented a new beginning with a fresh start. The reality is we can now say with great certainty that the child, does, the child doesn't quite start from scratch. They already carry over a legacy of factors from their parents, experiences that can shape development in the photos after birth and after birth, end of quote. Depending on the situation, we can give our children burden before they are born. The papers went further to say that parental influence on a child begin before conception. It realizes the amazing possibility that the responsibility of parenting can begin long before those two pink lines fade appear on the pregnancy test. If you think of having a child, your emotional and physical body should be in top order to better ensure that your child has the greatest chance to live in a healthy life in all respects possible. So folks, when that moment comes when you are about to make it, be sure your mind, body, and soul are at ease. Wow. To a good student of the Bible, this 21st century research findings is old news. Not new. There is no better scientific or nutritional book than the Bible. The Bible is the key book to consult on parenting. Mrs. Manuel of old was told by the angel God sent to her, now therefore beware I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. Does that not, you know, does the science findings that we, the first century research findings that we just mentioned not tally with this? That your eating habit, your drinking habit, as an expectant mother can actually give some burden to the unborn child to carry. But more than that, there is also the aspect of preparing for the child spiritually. That is preparing to take uh, the child in a way that will position him or her to fulfill destiny or divine purpose. We said in the last episode that parenting requires responsibility for the total child. So even before conception, you are preparing the environment that will bring up the child, you know, in wholesomeness, spirit, soul, and body. Mrs. Manuel was also told before her conception of Samson by the angel God sent to her, Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. Why? For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel 
out of the hand of the Philistines. What was Angel selling, telling, telling Mrs. Manuel? The child coming that is arriving into your womb is carrying a destiny tag. The child that is coming into your womb is a special child. I have an assignment for him. He is going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Don't forget that at this time, the Philistines were terrorizing the people of God. Of course, because they, they sinned. And God had mercy. And God prepared a deliverer. But the deliverer was going to enter into the womb of a woman. And God was preparing this woman ahead of time. As a mother, ma, you have a unique privilege of being always with each of your children 24 hours a day for about nine good months before that child could ever be with any other person. That privilege carries with it a lot of responsibilities. If you are Mrs. Manoa, how would you have taken it if this message came from heaven to you concerning a child that was yet to arrive into your womb? Let's hear it again. It says, now therefore beware. Will you not beware? Will you not be careful? And drink not wine or strong drink, and eat not unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive, and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and she shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Especially in this age, full of junk food, from places like McDonald's, Mr. Biggs, Captain Cook, Chicken Republic, or maybe very soon we shall have Pig Republic and all kinds of drinks. What will you do? Will you be careful what you eat and drink? I'm sure you would. Do everything to obey the Lord and watch with great care what you eat and drink so that you would not allow yourself to constitute a destiny burden or destiny destroyer to the covenant child the Lord is bringing your, into your womb. I'm sure you will have taken the responsibility of bringing up such a child of destiny with reference and godly fear, lest you fail God and endanger the destiny of the child. You would have started praying for that child, even while in the womb. Like I said, you have the singular privilege to be with that child 24 hours a day for about nine months. Those nine months, well, how would you be treating this divine instruction that a deliverer, a destiny child, is in your womb? Would you not be praying, laying hands up upon the child and be speaking prophecy? into that child. That like you will fulfill prophecy. You will be an instrument of God. No one, no one, you will not derail. Your life will not, you know, disappoint God. Will you not be doing that? I'm sure you would have taken the responsibility of bringing up such a child of destiny with reference and godly fear, lest you fail God. It must be against this background that the angel of God left this message with Mr. and Mrs. Manoa at the second visit at the invitation of Mr. Manoa. You will recall that after Mrs. Manoa told the husband the message of the angel of God, the husband, being also a godly man, wanted to hear it fresh and requested heaven to send the angel again. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoa when he came, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat anything, any unclean thing. Or that I commanded her, let her observe. Is it not impossible that women of that time love to drink wine and strong drink and eat all kinds of unclean food? 
that God was particular, telling, look, be a different woman. Please note that the angel of the Lord did not just come the second time. Like I said earlier, he actually came based on the invitation Mr. Mona sent to heaven for him to come and give further clarifications on the message he gave at the first visit to the wife. This was Mr. Manuel's prayer of invitation. Oh Lord, please send the man of God whom you sent to come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. What a privilege. What an honor to have the destinies of other men tied to a single man by a divine appointment and ordination. And that that seed that will eventually become this man of destiny is to be planted in your womb or in the womb of your, of your wife to be carried by her 24 hours a day for a whole of nine months. What a privilege also for you to be the man through whom that seed will be planted in the womb of that woman. And what a grave consequence if that single destiny is destroyed as a result of your carelessness and insensitivity to divine direction. Can I pause here and tell you, dear husband, dear wife, dear father, dear mother that is listening to me, sensitivity to divine instruction is key in parenting. It can make a difference between the life of a child or having a child and losing the child. I can tell you from personal experience that God intends to speak per second per second. Our second daughter who is a lawyer today, wouldn't have been if not for the grace of God to be sensitive to divine instruction and direction. The devil planned to destroy her, but the Lord revealed it. And we, by the special grace of God, paid great attention to that instruction from heaven. Time will fail me to give that testimony. That must have been the reason why Mr. Manuel wanted to hear the instructions from heaven about the child that will be born to them firsthand. Maybe it has not occurred to you that as a father or a mother, that the destinies of many generations are tied to your destiny. This is the blessedness of fatherhood and motherhood. And that is why you cannot afford to fail God. You may want to ask heaven again to tell you more about what you must do with each of your children as Mr. and Mrs. Manoa asks that angel at the second visit if you are not going to fail in this business of godly parenting. It might interest you to know that there is a volume in heaven's library written concerning each one of your children and that there is a part of that volume you must seek to know before conception if you must excel in godly parenting. Jesus said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do thy will, O God. Hebrews 10, 7. The angel of God that visited Mrs. Manuel and later Mr. and Mrs. Manuel actually came with a message from that volume that is written concerning Samson, the son they were yet to have. What are we saying? It is that an essential part of your parental responsibilities is to seek to know what is in, in that volume of the book that is written concerning each of your children so that you can follow it. And that seeking actually starts or should start before the child's concession takes place. So a young person who is planning to marry, as you are planning your wedding, 
I shall trust in God for a nice honeymoon. Have you started praying and asking God about the child he wants to send through you into the world? Who that child will, will be? What destiny that child will carry? What you know, message is, is in that volume that is written concerning that child? This responsibility must be a joint responsibility between the father and the mother, between the husband and the wife, or the husband-to-be and the wife-to-be. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I said unto her, let her beware. Yes, let her be careful. Let her be cautious. Let her be wary. Let her take heed and let her watch out. And that is what God is asking me to tell you today. Expectant mother, expectant father. And even you that have your children, for each one of them, there is always a message from heaven concerning them. But time, in the place of prayer, when you seek God, I could hear the angel of the Lord saying, Mr. Manuel, you have a responsibility to ensure that your wife carries out all the instructions I have given to her concerning that pregnancy and the child that is to result from it. I can tell you also, that is listening to me, when your wife goes to the hospital, antenatal, there are instructions that the doctor gives. Do you care to ask? Are you bothered? Are you concerned about that child's well-being? While still in the womb, do you discuss with your wife? Do you pray over that child right in the womb for his physical well-being or has physical well-being, for the child's spiritual well-being, for the child's social well-being? Even while still in the womb, can we take another example? Ekanah and Hannah, the parents of Samuel. Again, the Bible account of the conception and birth of Samuel and the unique destiny he was to fulfill. Fulfill is another testimony to the fact that godly parenting starts before the arrival of the child into the mother's womb. In this case, again, God was in need of a child who would fulfill a definite purpose and destiny. And he saw a woman who was also in need of a child of destiny in the place of prayer. Hannah had come to Shiloh with her husband with this burden and desire in her heart for a definite child of purpose, a male child who she was willing to give back to God. This is a woman, you can say, of sorrow. She has been under torture and torment by the second wife of Elkanah. But Hannah knew where to go, to the Lord God, who says, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord. This was her prayer. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your met servant, and remember me and not forget your met servant, but will give your met servant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Hallelujah. To Mr. and Mrs. Manuel, God went to them and said, Look, I'm bringing a child into your womb. Well, this child you will dedicate to me. But this is a woman, Hannah, who is telling God, Please attend. Look at my affliction. Give me a male child. I will give him back to you. Understand that at this point in time, when Hannah came into Shiloh with her husband for the annual worship and sacrifice, God was already in need of a replacement for Eli, the priest of God at Shiloh. She was at the right place, at the right time, in the right motive, and prayed the right prayer. Where do you go when you are looking for the fruit of the womb? We must ask you this question. 
Where do you go? To that Baba on that one hut? Or to that uh, prophet? Where do you go? The place to go is to the, you know, where God is. And Hannah came to God at the right time when God needed a child of destiny. And she promised God without knowing that she will give this child if God gives her. And what do we hear next? They rose early in the morning and worshiped God before, worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now, can you compare this with what we said about the first family? Hannah was in the presence of God asking for a child, entering into a covenant a vow with the Lord. And he went home after that worshiping, after that prayer, after that retreat in the presence of the Lord. He went home with her husband and her husband, Ekena, knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. In the case of the first family, we said, God has just driven them out of his presence for sin, uh, because of sin. And even Banish them from their God-given residence, from the presence of God. And we now saw in Genesis chapter 4, after that banishment, that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain. Can you compare Cain and Samuel? On the other hand, concerning Hannah, the husband, the Bible says, they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Ekena knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel. This was the testimony of Hannah. For this child, I prayed. Listen to it again. For this child, I prayed. Can you, like Hannah, boldly say, for this child, I prayed, concerning each one of your children. by saying, that is where parenting starts. Asking God in prayer. Checking through the Bible, all destiny children are products of initial partnership plan with God. And their parents, and their parents, sorry, and a close, consistent following of those plans to their logical conclusion. I could hear Hannah and Elkanah, her husband, say, because we have asked for him from the Lord, and we know what our agreement with the Lord was concerning this child, we are going to raise him for the Lord to fulfill that purpose, that destiny. That is what is called destiny-driven parenting. That we say is the beginning of godly parenting. Having an initial partnership plan with God before the arrival of the baby into the mother's womb and following that plan to its logical conclusion. Yet another example before we round up this. Zachariah and Elizabeth in the New Testament. So you will not say this man is an Old Testament uh, preacher. In Luke chapter 1, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was the, of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances 
of the Lord blameless. Can I ask you, their father, their mother, are you walking in the ordinary, the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless? That's part of parenting because your children will be after you. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. That's another verse of interest. They had no child, yet they were serving the Lord diligently. They were serving the Lord blameless. And they were both well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he, Zechariah, executed the priest's office before God in the order of his cause, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And so God sent an angel to him. We jump to verse 14. He said, And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor drink strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. So Zechariah was doing his duty in spite of the fact that he has uh, that burden of childlessness. Instead of the fact that the, the wife, of course, will bear more of the brunch of, uh, brunch of that burden as a woman. But she was serving God dutifully. And an angel came to him and said, by this time, according to the season of life, your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear a son for you. And this is what that child is going to be. These words were from the angel before Zachariah you know, knew the wife. It was when he got home that he knew the wife. And you know, in Luke chapter 1, verse 23, and it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration, that is, the days of the ministration of Zachariah, as a high priest, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself for five months, saying, Thus had the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. So again, you see, Zechariah, from the presence of the Lord, from an encounter with God, from the encounter with the holy angel of God, sent to God to announce the, the, the conception of John the Baptist went home before the child, wife conceived. Now, finally, concerning the birth of Jesus, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 20, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And they just said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Somebody under the sound of my voice will find favor with God as you hear these words. And that favor will bring conception. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. I say to you, listening to me that is crying unto the Lord that has been you know, calling unto the Lord for the fruit of the womb. Your time has come. This is your season. I am showing my heart that God is visiting you and God is depositing in you. 
a destiny child. You and your husband begin to rejoice and appreciate God and begin to watch that miracle take place and begin to pray and ask that the Lord's will be done concerning that child. Begin to ask the Lord, this child you are bringing our way, what will you want us to do with her or him? And he shall reveal that unto you. So we can observe from that scripture that ever before Mary became pregnant of Jesus, heaven had spoken to her about the child, Jesus, saying, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. We're talking about parenting from before conception. Behold, thou shalt conceive. She has not conceived. She shall conceive. Futuristic. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. It shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Every destiny child is great. Every destiny child is an offspring of God. But destiny children come when parents are prepared to partner with God. Many cases we can observe was not the case of a woman desperately looking for a child or praying to God for a child, as was the case with Hannah but, or, or Elizabeth and, uh, and Zechariah, but a case of God looking for a special womb, for a special child, as Mary was not yet married at this time. Mary's response, however, is instructive for every would-be mother. She inquired from the angel of God how what she was told will come to pass. And when she was told, she agreed with God. She said, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. At the end, God again spoke specifically and in definite terms to Joseph, the would-be foster father of Jesus concerning the child Jesus. And we find that in Matthew uh, chapter 1. In conclusion of this message, because of time, we see above that God spoke expressly to Joseph concerning the volume of the book written concerning Jesus, who will be a foster son, that which is conceived in her, that is in Mary, is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall be bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Don't forget, Mary had not known a man. Mary was just espoused to Joseph. And suddenly, she was with child. And God had to go to Joseph to assure him there's no problem. I am responsible. But this is the purpose of that child. But again, Joseph, being a godly man, agreed with God. We are persuaded that God would like to speak to every man in that same manner, to prepare him for the sacred responsibility that comes with fatherhood ahead of time. The Lord is saying the same to every man and every father, even in this generation. The period from before conception to birth is very crucial in the life of every covenant child. Normally, the devil will seek to destroy the child while in the womb of the mother. And if he does not succeed, it doesn't mean he would give up. He will still continue to seek an occasion to destroy the child. That, of course, was why Mrs. Manoa and the husband protested. When in Judges chapter 14, Samson proposed the, the idea of marrying a Philistine girl, they saw that as one of the devil's ploy to destroy the destiny of that, their son. Careless parents. Parents who have no special words from heaven concerning the child God is bringing into their womb, uh, to the world through their womb, will not do that. The Lord is saying the same thing to every one of us. What will be our response? 
Are we going to be careful or careless parents? Are we going to be parents who seek heaven and the instructions of heaven concerning each one of our children? That's the way to go. We are trusting God that everyone that has heard us today will prepare their heart for that children that, or that God is bringing their way and seek God. And you that have already children, maybe you have already uh, completed the number of children God would want to bring into the world through you. This is time to begin, you know, to pray concerning each one of them, seeking God to open to you that volume of the book that is written concerning them time and what you are to do. As you do that, the Lord will bless you. You will be a parent that God will be proud of. He will come your way again. Want to pray that the Lord will make you a careful parent, a prayerful parent, and a parent that will please God your parental duties. In Jesus' name, amen.